you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me to the book of uh, Genesis chapter 45. Let's go to Genesis chapter 45. Today we begin a series, and I, I want you to know that this message that I'm going to preach, um, when the Lord gave it to me, I, I'm amazed sometimes when I go back and find old notes this one goes back about a decade or so, probably more than that, but the best that I could trace it. And I didn't really know what I was talking about in some of the things I, I did. I had experienced it, but I had no idea how God would perform what I'm going to preach to you today on the other side of. And early this morning, I felt like the Lord really touched my heart to say this at the beginning of this message I'm going to preach on four ways God will provide, four ways God will provide for you. And I heard the Lord deep in my spirit, not in an audible voice, but deep in my soul, say that these four waves are about to hit this ministry and the people of this ministry. Online, wherever you are, if you're affiliated with this ministry, I believe these four waves that I'm about to speak are going to hit you in powerful ways. And it's one thing to think it and know it and have an inspired thought. It's another thing to think, oh my God, he's done that. I have faith for that for your life today. Look with me in Genesis 45. I'll begin with the famous verse, verse five, but now... Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. This is Joseph talking to his brothers because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve your life. Verse seven, and God sent me before you to preserve a prosperity, a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. One more time, he says it in verse 11. Therefore, I, Joseph, will provide for you and your household all you have come to poverty for that, lest you come to poverty for there is still five years of famine. So there are four ways that God will provide for us. And they're found so easily in the scriptures. The first way that God provides for you, if you're taking notes, is through the hand of man. That's exactly what happened in this text. The Bible said that Joseph was talking to his brothers who had hurt him. His brothers who had thrown him in a pit and stolen his birthright. And then he turns around and he says to them, you meant it for my evil. I'm not bitter. I'm not offended. I'm not angry. You meant it for my evil, but I see how God used what you put me through for my good. I wouldn't be where I am today. Well, where was he? Where was he? Let's talk about that for just one minute. He was working the right-hand man. He was working in Egypt. He was a Jew, but he was in Egypt. And Pharaoh at that time, history records, was the wealthiest man in the world. He owned the most real estate in the world. He had the mightiest army in the world. He was the most powerful Pharaoh on the planet. And guess what he did? He turned the keys over of his wealth 
to a Jew, this Egyptian Pharaoh gave the whole kingdom and its wealth to be controlled by this boy named Joseph. And Joseph then in return says to his own brothers who had done him wrong, don't be afraid. I'm not going to hurt you now that I'm on this side of the blessing of God. I wept, I cried, I went through hell. You lied on me. I went through 13 years of imprisonment. I went through so many bad things, but I came out without a bitter spirit and God has blessed me. And now he says to those same brothers, God bless me so I could provide for you. And you know what he did? The Bible said he told them, go get your families. I'm giving every one of you a ranch. Every one of you are going to get your own acreage and everything in Goshen, the richest farmland in the world. I'm giving it to you. The first way that God will provide is through the hands of men. That's why Luke chapter 6 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And here's the key to that verse, shall men shall men. God says, I will cause men to give to you. And with the same measure you give, the same measure it will be given to you. You know, Elijah, the Bible said, was in a famine and God told him to go to a river and God sent a raven to feed him. Ravens don't deliver food, they eat it. But God changed the nature of that, and it was a raven, and that was considered a dirty bird. God changed the nature of a dirty bird to bring the prophet a piece of meat and bread two times a day for three and a half years. And God said, when I start to use people in your life, I'm going to throw this in there, don't get too picky. Don't get too you know, fussy about who he uses. He said, I'm going to use men and he might use dirty birds to supply your needs. He might use people who are, if, if, but what happens to us is we get so snooty and get so self-righteous and get so full of our own selves that we act like we're too good to associate with people. But you don't know that people are watching you right now that are capable of greatly blessing you. You have no idea what God is doing. And when you obey him and you have the favor and the blessing of the Lord on your life, God says, I'll cause men. And not all of them will be saved. Some of them will be dirty birds. Some of them will, will be used to, the, the, they'll probably give it to you with a big old cigar in their mouth and a cuss word or two, but take it and say, praise the Lord. I remember when Oral Roberts got so much flack, not from the world, from church people, because a man went to Vegas and he was a professional gambler and he heard that Oral Roberts had a need for his university and he wrote him a million dollar check and, and he took it. He took it. And the whole body of Christ was just attacking him, saying, can you believe that preacher? To, I want to say to any of you in Vegas right now, there is another preacher that will take it. I don't, if you're winning the lotto, don't forget me. Amen. I, I just want to say, I don't care how God blesses me. Any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And I know what I'll do with it. I don't know what they'll do with it, but I'm going to do something good with it. Say amen, somebody.
How many of you are willing to let God bless you through the hands of man? I want you to claim this promise. I want you to say out loud, God will provide for me through the hand of man. In other words, I wrote these words many, many years ago. Kingdom connections are coming. In other words, power relationships. What's a power relationship? It's somebody who has already achieved what you're trying to achieve. They've already gone to a level that you want to get to. And when God wants to bless you, he'll send power relationships in your life that those people just like you. You just, I don't know why it is, they connect with you and they bring you up. They could have, the other people try to kissy-kissy to get to them, but for some reason, God God raises them up in your life, and it's just an easy, not I want to say effortless relationship. You don't have to work at it. God's got it because he says, I give power relationships. But in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, when he said, men will give to you, what he's saying is, I'll put favor on you. Do you know that the Bible said in the book of Genesis that when God blessed Jacob, he gave him power with God and favor with men? And do you know that the Bible said in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 that Jesus grew in favor and in wisdom with God and man? Everybody say God and man. That's how God does, does it. He just puts his favor on you. He just causes you to stand out in somebody's heart, in somebody's mind. And sometimes all we do is think about, well, where's my, where's my uh, hands of man at? But you ought to get to a place at some point where you just don't think about who's going to bless me, but I want to be those hands. I want to be the one that finds that single mother or that waitress in the restaurant or that person, you know, that's really struggling and going through. And I want to be so blessed that if God whispers, give them a thousand dollars or do something unusual for them, bless them and buy them Christmas. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be the hands that help feed the hungry and clothe the poor and reach out to the prisoners and those who can't help themselves. Oh, hallelujah. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Make my hands the hands of man that help those who are broken and hurting and in need. Clap your hands if you've ever had God to put a man or a woman in your life. Elijah was starving, was going to starve to death. And God said, go to Zarephath. First Kings 17, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. He said, I'm going to provide for you. And she was eating, her, cooking her last meal. And he said, make me a cake first. And that woman, no wonder the devil doesn't want you to hear about what God does when you obey him in your finances and in your giving. Because if I were the devil, I wouldn't want you to learn either. She sowed one meal and God fed her for three and a half years. The barrel did not run dry. It kept reproducing and multiplying. The same God that takes three loaves and two fish and multiplies it and breaks it and says, I'll make it exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. He's your God. God, and the scripture said that he will use men to give unto you. 
They'll give you jobs. They'll open doors for you. They'll, they'll, they'll notice. They'll invest in you. He knows how to cause men to give unto you. Secondly, the second way that God provides is through the hands of God. He uses the hands of men, and then there are supernatural blessings. Let me t tell you what I mean. When Joseph took care of those families for years and years and years, they were on the blessing train and they didn't have to worry about anything. And Joseph was the source and really Pharaoh was the source. God used the hands of man to take care of them. But the Bible said, and there arose another Pharaoh after he died that knew not Joseph nor his God. And everything changed and suddenly all the resources that they had put their hope and faith in, it was taken out of their life. Now, I want to encourage somebody that when you lose a contract, when a big financial situation walks out of your life, it's a teaching moment that you need to learn this point. God uses man's hands, but God is real touchy about when you start looking to anybody more than him as your source. And there will be people that God will send and they will bless you in amazing ways, but they are not your source. And when man gives to you, be thankful, be grateful, be appreciative, be humbled by it for the rest of your life. But never, ever forget that your business is the system, but God is your source. The brook and the bird was the system but God was Elijah's source. And God said at some point, the bird stopped flying and the brook stopped flowing. And God let him know anytime God calls his, uh, let's say you're in business and you get this big contract and man, it's blessed you this year and last year and the year before that. And then the economy shifts and suddenly you lose that major contract. It's so easy to just fall to pieces, but God's wanting to teach you something in that moment. He's wanting you to know that the river is not your source. He's wanting you to know that the bird and the widow is not your source. He's wanting you to come back to your real source, which is him. And he feeds you by the hand of God. Well, where's that at in scripture? In Exodus chapter 16 and verse 14, the Bible said that, that God sent manna from heaven in the wilderness to feed the children of Israel. And it says that there were certain families in the wilderness that had, uh, that had one piece of manna. And there were others that got three loaves and others that had six loaves because God will prosper you according to the size of your assignment. You know why God gave one tent, one loaf and gave the next tent three and the next six is because they had more people in it. And God won't give you six loaves if right now your assignment is just one loaf. God will put in your heart to get there, but I'm thankful that he doesn't give us what we ask him for. He gives us what we can manage. If God would have given me everything that he, that I wanted him to give me at every different season of this ministry, I wasn't ready for it. 
God lets us go through things to prepare us for what he can do. But according to the size of your assignment and the season that you're in, if you are a giver, if you're a tither, if you honor God, if you serve God, you worship God, God says in every season that you're in, I will release the resources to do my will. And he said, I'll do it by the hand of man and I'll do it by the hand of of God. I'm going to, I'm going to do things supernaturally there. I, I just want to say there are still miracles of provision. God can still, how many of you are living in homes that you didn't ever think you would live in, but you know, the truth is God has provided that home. Let me see your hand. I mean, how many of you drove a car today? that you never thought you would get to drive. And you say, well, I'm not in that season. Be thankful for where you are and begin to praise God for what he's already given you. He's got more and he'll bless you if you'll obey him and you'll honor him. I want you to put your hands together and I want you to thank the Lord for all that God's hand has provided. That old song, all that I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Look at the clothes. Look at the blessings. Look at the goodness of God. To God be the glory. Don't ever lose your humility. Don't ever lose your appreciation and thankfulness to God. He opened doors no man can shut. You found your way, and God has been good to you. Stir that up in your soul right now. Hallelujah. Anybody like your bedroom? Anybody like your sofa? Anybody like that Persian rug? Anybody like your apartment? You'll never get a house until you thank God for your apartment. Anybody like your Pinto? You'll never get a Mercedes until you thank God for the Pinto. If they still make Pintos. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy. And God gave me this when I didn't, I didn't see all the stuff that I see now. But I've seen the hand of man. I've actually had people come up to me and say, I don't know why I'm doing this here. And I could tell they didn't like me. And I just smiled and said, praise the Lord. See, to you, it's a story, but to me, it's a miracle. Even the building you're sitting in, that nice cushioned seat, it's a miracle to me. It's more than just a seat. We didn't have any of it, but it came from the hand of God. I don't know how it happened. I still, I don't know why it happened. It's nothing but the provision from the hand of God. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Don't you quit dreaming. Don't you stop believing for better things. Don't you dare lay down the life and let it kick you. You get up and stand up on your hind feet and say, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. Every one of your children will go to college if they want to. Every one of them, God will supply all that I need. The hand of God. Now somebody shout, I don't care, I don't care who came. Ooh. He'll make you the head and not the tail. He'll bless you in the city and bless you in the field. Man will try to block you out, but God says, where I 
bless. And my hand blesses. Nobody can push it down and destroy it. Sit down. He'll bless by the hand of man. It's just people coming. There's a wave of the hand of man coming. And when it happens, you better give God the thanks. And then he'll bless by the hand of God. Supernatural provision. I have so many stories I could talk, pause and stay. Just trust me. Supernatural provision. The third thing is, this is the part that I want you to shout then because I knew you'd dry up on this one. Because we're all happy when it's the hand of man and when it's the hand of God. But the next way he'll bless you is your own hand. It's called a job. Some of you won't read the book of Job because it's spelled job. I'm scared you'll have to get one. But in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12, it said when they crossed over Jordan, I mean all those years, the hand of God gave them manna for 40 years. The hand of God did the miracle. But then there comes a new season where God says, I don't want you living by miracles all the time. I don't want you in 911 calls, help God, help, help. We're going to lose the house. We're going to lose the car. God will give you miracles. Not, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with being, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. But, but there's nothing wrong with having needs. But there's a greater plan God has than just struggle and scratching and scraping by. And by your own hand, what do you mean? The Bible said the manna ceased and God said something to him in Deuteronomy 11 in verse 9. He said, the land that I'm taking to you, you to is flowing with milk and honey for the land that you possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you've come where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a watered garden. You see, when they were in Egypt, the land was so dry and parched that they had to pipe water from the Nile River and the only way they could do that was with foot pumps. And they had to have people out there 24 hours a day and they would work so hard, go, go, foot pump. And the water would just, just a little bit, just a little bit, just enough, just enough to keep the crops alive. But God said, I don't want you for the rest of your life to just depend on getting by the hand of man, the hand of God, but I will bless your hand of labor and the land that I'm taking you to, you're moving from a foot pump mentality to a land flowing with milk and honey. There's another level that you can go to. And I remember with this ministry when it was the foot pump season. 
Oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, God, can we do it? Oh, Lord, it's stretching my faith. When we bought the land, it's $375,000, the old sanctuary. And we didn't even think about the sanctuary that we would need to build. We just were, I was worried sick. Will we be able to ever, if, if the angels and God gives in the offering in heaven and all the saints who have gone, it, it would take that much money to pay for that 16 acres. That's the foot pump years. But God had so much waiting on our obedience. If we just keep doing what he told us to do and trust in him, he wanted to see our faith. He wanted to see if we'd stand. He wanted to see if we'd keep sowing. And we finally got about enough money to, to pay the land off. We got down to the last $100,000 and we almost had it in the bank. And Tommy Barnett came by and preached, and I'm sitting on the front row, and the Lord said to me, give him the 100000 that you saved to build the Dream Center in California, and I'll bless you. And I had to do it, and we sowed it, and when we sowed it, God released multiplied blessings and paid off the whole sanctuary. We went from a foot pump mentality to a land flowing with milk and honey. And the building you're in and every building we have, including the new one, is paid off. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. That's a miracle that only he can do. But it takes the work of your hand. Everybody say your hand. What do you mean by that? God said, I'm taking to you to a land that is flowing and I'm going to get you off the foot pump and into the flow of provision. But I need you to believe and I need you to use the work of your own hands. You are gifted at something. God says, I will not do for you. I won't do it for you. You have to find your own gift and figure out what you're gifted. When I started out, I started out with a Bible in one hand and a saxophone in the other. That's all that I knew to do. Study this, pray fast and preach this and play this. And when I couldn't preach a good sermon, I had my saxophone on standby because I knew it could pull me out of a nosedive. Just grab it. That's why I brought it out here this morning. Amen. It's my security blanket. <laughs> Again, it's a story to you, but it's a miracle to me. Hey, Sharice, God could bless us the way that he's blessed us, but we had to give it all that we had. We had to work. She worked so much. She, every day we worked and worked and worked and worked. The team worked, the staff worked, the people worked. God says, you've got a skill. You've got, a, you've, you've got skill sets. You've got abilities. I'll provide through the hand of man, the hand of God. But there's some levels you'll never get to until you start finding out what is my gift? What am I really good at? And then giving it all you've got. 
And I promise you, just hold your hands up. May the God of heaven bless. Look at, the, look at your hands. Look at them just a minute. Keep them up. And, and I just speak this way. May the God of heaven bless the work of your hands. May it increase. May it multiply. Whatever your hand touches, may it multiply and multiply and multiply. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, salesman, shout. Come on, car dealer, shout. Come on, insurance man, shout. Come on, mechanic, shout. Come on, factory worker. Come on, single mother. Come on and say, God's going to multiply the work. I'm going to give him work, and he's going to multiply it like he did the bread. I need somebody to give him a, a shout of faith in a, in a rough economy. Interest rate higher, higher, higher. But God is saying, I am still your Jehovah Jireh, Jireh, Jireh. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. And I got one more. He said, I'll provide through the hand of man. And I'm telling you that there are blessing people. There's a new wave of blessing people coming into your lives. Blessing people. For some of you, it'll be a wife. For some of you, it'll be a husband. For some of you, it will be some person who just, they just bless. They just like you. Blessing people, the hand of man, the hand of God, there will be miracles of provision, a fresh wave. Glory to God. There will be the hand of your labor that will prosper, multiply, increase, produce, be, be highly fruitful. God wants you highly fruitful. Now, let me end with this. The last way that God blesses us, and I wrote this and I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't even know what I was talking about. It's through the hand of your enemy. Now, that's kind of how I felt, you know, when I wrote it, I thought, that's good. Because I had some, you know, I had some people who didn't like me and talked about me and all that. that. That's not an enemy. That's not, you don't understand. But there will come, the bigger your assignment, there will come true enemies that are sent to kill, steal, and destroy every way they can. But God says in Numbers 14 and verse 9, Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of the land. They're about to go into the promised land. The people of the land were giants and they were freaked out about them. And listen to what he says, for they are our bread. They're bread for us. Your enemies are bread for you. God said in Psalms 23, I can't even give you my best banquet unless you got some enemies because I prepare my best blessings in the presence of your enemies. I'll prepare a table before you 
Not when you got everybody loving you, but when you're going through your darkest storms, when your heart is heavy and you feel like quitting. Listen to this. I wrote this when I didn't, I don't even know where I got it from. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe the Lord gave it to me. I don't know. The level of your attack will tell you two things. Number one, how valuable you are to God in your assignment. If you're going through a huge attack, it's because you have an assignment. I wish somebody had talk. I wish I'd have listened to my own preaching. If you've got a huge assignment, it will be matched by huge attack. Secondly, the level of your attack will tell you the level of blessing that is waiting for you on the other side of this attack. Now, I lived that one, Tracy. We, we, we lived that one. Sharice, we've lived that one. When the enemy really gets the messing, God's about to get to blessing. When all hell is coming at you from every direction, just on the other side, if you'll hold on through the fire, through the flood, Psalm 66 says something incredible. It says, he has caused men to ride over us and oppress us. We went through the fire. We went through the flood, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. I need you to shout if you made it through the fire. If you've ever made it through the flood, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Just every voice told you you couldn't do it. Every voice told you give up. Every voice told you you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You are crazy. But when you go through the fire and you still believe, you go through the flood and they don't overtake you, but it gets right up to your nostrils. There's something about that person when they come through it. God says, welcome. Welcome to your wealthy place. And I'm not talking about money. I thank God for money. I'm not afraid of it either. But I'm talking about a place, a purpose. A place of calling, a place of making a difference, a place of standing, knowing who you are. If you're going to be successful, you, you, you need to know two things. You need to know who God is. You need to believe in God. And you need to believe in yourself especially after you've been through the fire, after you've been through the flood, after you're so beat up, so beat down, feel like just quitting and crawling in a corner somewhere and dying. But that's the people. You don't understand. That's the process. I don't ever talk to anybody who's done much with their life that, that they haven't had that season where it almost took them out. The wealthy places, when 
You're so blessed that it's spilling over to another generation and another generation and another generation. And I conclude with this. And I say to you in the name of Jesus that God is going to provide for you by the hand of men, a new wave of blessing people are coming into your life. But get back on your knees and get back in the Word and stay in God's house and start giving and tithing and honoring the Lord with your life. I'm not saying that to get your money. I, I am God. You know my heart. I am not saying that. I'm saying it because I've lived it. I've lived it. God will bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you. It's just not a gimmick. It's not a game. I, I'm 61. I don't have time to play games. I'm going to stand before the Lord one of these days. And I see all of these young couples and young people. If you're 40 and under, if you're 41, sorry. If you're 40 and under, stand up. 40 and under, stand up. Just, just remain standing one second. 40 and under. Well, everything that you are experiencing this morning, the people who are sitting made happen. For the most part. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Most of you have been blessed by the hands of your parents or someone in your life that's, that's helped you along the way. Now it's on you. So to dream a big dream is not to be selfish. To be highly effective in doing something with skill with your hands and build something from scratch and have a dream that you really want to do something with your life. It's actually selfish to not have that kind of mentality. To live a foot pump mentality is not good. You could make a profound difference in the kingdom of God. You, I, I could be looking at Pentecostal billionaires right now. Where did that come from? Don't, don't, don't laugh at me. I've watched people in this church become millionaires and billionaires. There, there's a couple. And they had nothing. But when they were your age, they started honoring the Lord with a little, a little, a little. Did what they could do with what they had. And God started blessing them and multiplying them the hand of man, the hand of God, the work of their hand, and even the enemies. The reason I had you stand is I want you to feel the weight of nothing that we have done. All those people that were helped this week with food, all the things through the decades, it's because somebody heard a message like this and said, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to be a partner with God. I'm going to do something beyond myself and help others and watch what God will do back to you. He is no man's debtor. He will come back, pressed down, shaking together, running over. 
you're amazing. We love you. We celebrate you. We believe in you. I believe there are dreams in this house and at every campus that, that you're standing. I believe with all of my heart, I am talking to world changers. And you may be flipping burgers or you may be nothing wrong with that. Thank God somebody does it. It feeds us. It's not about where you are. It's where you're going and what God can trust you with. And the Bible said, if you're faithful with another person's, you'll have your own. If you get up and you think about what can I get by with not doing, but when you get up and you say, I'm going to act like this is my business I work for. Every detail, I'm in it. Look out. God will put, God will paint you like they do in the military with a target. And he'll say, I'm going to watch them. And if they mean business, I'll raise them up. I'll put a dream in their heart and they'll go and they'll do and they'll make a difference and they'll be powerful and they'll live a life that brings glory to me. I'm proud of you. I love you. I, 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 I'm an older guy. I have a right to talk to you like this. Don't you dream little little bitty dreams no more. I want you to begin to pray and say, God, I wouldn't put on this earth just to get by, live on a foot pump mentality the rest of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on and shout amen. Now everybody else stand with them. Well, we already had an altar call. So all I'm going to do is bless you. Raise your hand. I told you the Lord would bless you. Here comes the hand. A blessing. Just lift the other hand. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May your face shine like an angel. May the favor and the wisdom and the anointing of God come upon you mightily. And may he give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.